0: What is going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Stoop Life Podcast. It's been about two weeks since we did our last podcast. That's because I was actually enjoying life on a vacation, but we're back to it. Now, we're going to come back a day late from you guys. but We're going to hit you guys with the overreaction Monday on Tuesday. So we got everything that sat in for the week of the NFL. and We're going to talk to you guys about it today. We're going to be back to business. We're going to have a podcast episode pretty much every day. Our NFL picks are going to be back. Our NCAA picks are going to be back. So tune in for them. Uh, Paulie's going to be hopping on, player of the week. He'll be back with that. So tune in for that. Because this week, we had a lot of phenomenal performances this week on both sides of the ball, both offensive and defensive. Phenomenal. Hell, we even had some great defensive performances on games that scored 30, 40 points per team, which is Pretty crazy, but some good games. So this week, we want to start off real, real soon. We want to talk about the Eagles. We don't usually talk about the Eagles, but they're the only undefeated team in the NFL sitting at 4-0. So 4-0, you're the undefeated team. You're probably the best team in the NFL, right? Hold back on that. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction right now. They haven't really played anybody yet. Upcoming next week, we play at Arizona. And I think that's going to be the first actual test. Arizona's a decent football team. They got a good running quarterback. It's going to test that offensive line, defensive line. But as of now, Eagles are sitting at 4-0. They got the second weakest schedule behind the Giants, who are also 3-1. So a lot of you people out there are saying, oh, well, the Eagles are going to go undefeated. I love the enthusiasm. And as a Philadelphia guy, I would love to see it. But my money's on no. But I will tell you guys this. All of you motherfuckers out there that said the Eagles weren't going to win nine or more games. I told you. I told you. Over nine. They're going to win more than that. They're already on the pace there. They're at four. 4-0. They still have an easy schedule coming up. But I still don't think they're the best team in the league. I don't think they're going to remain undefeated. But they have a very good chance at being the best team in the NFC. Four games in. 4-0. and They lead it. Settle it down. They're not going to go undefeated. Let's pray, though. Let's go to the other side. Let's go to the only winless team in the NFL, the Houston Texans, sitting at 0 3 1. How they even tied the Colts, I don't know how, because I mean, I get it. Colts don't look that good either right now. We're going to talk about them later. But 0 3 1, only winless team in the NFL. They lost by 10, 3, and 8, and they tied Indianapolis. I'm looking at the remaining schedule here, and I don't think it's really an overreaction thinking that they're not going to win a game. Remember, we added that game in. So technically, even though they have a tie, they won't be be a winless team. They will be a winless team, but they won't be at zero. I'm not sure what their actual win percentage would be if they go 0, 16, and 1. It'll set a new record because it's never been done. But I like see so I'm looking at their schedule, and I'm trying to find a win here. And I'm trying to not overreact to this because winless teams doesn't happen very often, but I think it's going to happen this year. The remaining games, they're Titans, Eagles, Giants, Washington, Miami, Cleveland, Dallas, Kansas City, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Indianapolis. I'm looking at a couple of those games. I'm looking specifically at the Washington game. Now, they could probably beat Washington, but the only problem is that Washington spanked up on two teams that aren't that good, and they got dominated by two teams that are good. So we don't really know what Washington is yet. They're a decent team, subpar. They're not really that good. They're not really that bad. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I think think it's not an overreaction to see Houston being a winless team this year. That's how bad they are. But remember, they got all them picks. They got all them picks from the Watson trade. So it might be a good idea for them to tank. Because specifically, Cleveland just lost last week. So they might get a good pick off of them as well. So I don't know. Now, how about them Ravens? Now, I know in the stoop life here, we got a lot of Baltimore people. That is the second time this year. Y'all fucking choked. Choked. Second time this year, you had a double-digit lead. 17 points this time, that you gave up. You're sitting at 2-2. You should be 4-0. Now, that's a confidence killer. Now, it's not an overreaction to think that Baltimore might miss the playoffs. They, They don't know how to hold on to a win. The only way that they win is in close games so far. If they got the lead, well, they're like the Atlanta Falcons. They give that shit up. Coach don't got confidence in the defense. Defense don't like the coach for that. You're going to have a lot of problems in Baltimore. But luckily, you got Lamar Jackson, but he doesn't have that contract yet. So we'll see what happens in Baltimore. But as of now, guys, you got problems in Baltimore. You got problems in Baltimore. You got to fix them. So we'll see what happens in Baltimore. Next up, we got Dallas Cowboys and Cooper Rush sitting at 3-1. He's 3-0 as the start of this year, 4-0 in his career. Now A lot of people want to say Cooper Rush should keep his job until he loses. But let's be honest, he really hasn't done nothing. But on the flip side, he also hasn't done anything to lose the game. That defensive line for Dallas is phenomenal. The defense is phenomenal. They're winning the games. But as Dallas' schedule gets harder, they're going to play better teams. And they're going to need a more mobile quarterback because they've been getting a lot of pressure on that line. Cooper Rush is 4-0. and But it's Dak Prescott's job when he comes back. We'll see what happens this week with them. They play L.A. and L.A. needs a win. If, if Cooper Rush beats L.A., Terry Jones might just keep him in the game. He might keep him in. That, that would be a huge win for them. I don't think they're going to win this week. I think that's one reason why they're keeping Dak Prescott out another week to let that thumb heal. But if they do win this week, Cooper Rush will be 4-0 in the season, 5-0 career, going to Philly. We'll see what happens. I'm curious to see it because I I, I think you might have a quarterback debate then. How wouldn't you? Terry Jones wants to win. Cooper Rush, if he keeps winning, he's going to keep him in. So, we'll see what happens. I don't think it's an overreaction to think that they might keep Cooper Rush in. Because Jerry Jones doesn't care about the money. He already paid Dak. That quarterback slot adds up both. It don't matter who's winning for him. He just wants to win. So, we'll see what happens this week to see if Cooper Rush keeps the job. I don't see it happening. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction acting like Cooper Rush is the savior here. But, hey, you never know. You never fucking know. Now, we got to talk about the guy who's having a surprise season of the year out of Seattle, Geno Smith, playing, playing like a Pro Bowler. He is absolutely dominating it. I didn't think I'd ever be sitting here telling you guys that Geno Smith would be having a better year than Russell Wilson is. But as of right now, he's dominating him, killing him. Russell Wilson looks like he's old, he's done, he's washed for now. Which is not the typical Russell Wilson we are used to seeing. We're used to seeing Russell Wilson come out, fire, MVP candidate, and then flame off. Well, he's flaming off early. Where Geno Smith is looking like an MVP candidate. A pro bowler. He has the highest completion percentage in the NFL. And ever. He has the highest completion percentage ever after four games. He's the only quarterback in the league that's over 75% completion percentage. Oh, 1,000 yards and 5-plus touchdowns. He's 102 for 132 at 77% with 1,037 yards, 6-2 to two touchdown interception ratio. Phenomenal. Can he keep this up? Well, let me tell you this. He's going to be one of the number, most added fantasy football ads this week. And what happens when they get added? They suck. Week 3. Carson Wentz was the number one added person in fantasy football. What happened? He shit the fucking bed since. So get ready for a drastic downfall of Geno Smith. Do you guys remember when Ryan Fitzpatrick beat Pittsburgh, New England, Philly, and some other, New Orleans? And then he flamed out that year. He was dominated it, flamed out. This is the type of year Geno Smith's happened. It's an overreaction to think that Geno Smith is going to be a pro bowler. He's going to continue to throw at a 75% plus rate. It's not going to happen. It's an overreaction to think so. However, they got a lot of weapons. He might. He might. How about them Colts? I sat here in the beginning of the year and I said, the Colts were going to make it, win the division. They're going to be a, a candidate to win it. And right now they, they look like shit. All they got is JT. Matt Ryan came in and looked like what a lot of you guys thought Matt Ryan was, and that is garbage can trash juice. He looks horrible. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, they're up, the Colts are 0-2 when JT runs under 70 yards. He got a high ankle sprain. So without him, Hines is going to have to fill in. The Colts are done. It's an overreaction, guys. The Colts are not done. Because let me tell you guys something. Do you remember last year? The Colts start off 1-5, 2-6. and, five, two and six. What happened? If it wasn't for Carson Wentz throwing them garbage picks against Jacksonville, they would have made the playoffs. That division is weak. They're going to be okay. They get Leonard back on defense, and when they have that defense rocking, they're a completely different football team. So it's an overreaction to think that the Colts are done. It's also an overreaction for you fantasy owners to give up on JT. Hey, if you can trade them and get somebody like my man Saquon Barkley, do it. But it's an overreaction to think that the Colts are done. Don't fail on them yet. They'll be all right. They're going to back back. Now let's talk about Saquon Barkley. Is he really the number one running back in the NFL? I personally think he is. We sat here before and we said if Saquon Barkley stays healthy, can he be the best back in the league? Absolutely can. He's arguably the best running back in the league right now. He's number one in yards at 463. 5.5 yards per carry, number two in the NFL. He's the entire offense in New York. He might be the sole reason they're 3-1. He's making plays out his ass. It's not an overreaction to say he's number one. Will he continue it? I absolutely think he will. I think he's going to lead the league in yards this year. I think he's not going to get a lot of touchdowns, though, maybe. But he's going to lead the league in yards. So, Saquon Barkley is fucking back. Keep on it. I want to get back to this, this division. I want to talk about Washington for a second again. Because there's a lot of you out there in Stoop Life, in in general, that said Washington coming into the year was underrated. They are one of the worst teams in the NFL. They lost 25 to 10 to Dallas, 24 to 8 to Philly. Their point ratio is 73 to 107. That's minus 34, worse than the NFL. It's going to keep happening. They suck. Carson Wentz sucks. The team sucks. They got no running game. They get Brian Robinson back, but they got no running game. They got no offensive line. They got no defensive line. And when you suck that bad on both lines in the NFL, you suck. So, Washington, you suck. Kenny Pickett, he's the savior for Pittsburgh. That's what a lot of y'all think. Honestly, it's an overreaction, man. It, it, he's not the savior. He threw three interceptions in his first game back, first game starting, as you would. None of them were his fault, though. But let's be honest. They got no offensive line. You got a rookie coming in when you got no offensive line. Your best player on defense, TJ Watts, out, which has shown to be a completely different football team without him. Kenny Pickett is not going to save the day for Pittsburgh. Look at their schedule. They got one of the top five hardest schedules remaining in the NFL. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. All of you out there that think Kenny Pickett's going to save the season, sorry. I'm i a fantasy owner of Deontay Johnson and Najee. It ain't going to help us. It's not. You're going to get a young quarterback pressured. he's going to throw the ball up a lot. He's going to throw a lot of picks. He's going to throw like 20 picks this year. Watch. He's not the savior. He's not. Pittsburgh's done. We thought maybe Pittsburgh could be good, but they got a lot of injuries, and their offense looks like shit. Overreaction, Pittsburgh's done, not making the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey, Carolina. Christian, need to ask for a trade. So far, he's actually stayed healthy this year, and what happens? You got Baker shit field. He's terrible. He's absolutely terrible. Christian McCaffrey's that whole offense. We talk about JT being the whole offense for Indy. Well, Christian is definition of the whole offense. Baker Mayfield, we gave him the benefit of the doubt, but get rid of him. Bring back in Darnold when he's healthy. Let me me give you guys a stat on why you need to understand that Christian McCaffrey needs to be traded and why Baker Mayfield is garbage. Christian McCaffrey has 270 rushing yards this year. He also leads the team with 19 receptions, 138 yards. To put this in perspective, DJ Moore, one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL last year, Currently sitting at 13 receptions, 138 yards, one touchdown. Through four games last year. He had 30 receptions, 398 yards, and three touchdowns. He's not even half of that this year with Baker Mayfield. I don't see it changing. Baker Mayfield sucks. He has no confidence. He has the skills. He doesn't have the confidence. And when you lose confidence in the NFL, it's very hard to get it back. And he's not doing anything to get it back. He's doing quick dump balls. He can't throw the ball deep. He keeps getting hit, and then he crumbles. The defense isn't helping him. They're always playing from behind. Baker Mayfield's done. He's gone. You guys traded for him. He's a waste of space. He's gone. Got to get rid of him. Because otherwise, your coach is next. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you guys. coach is next. Uh, So Baker Mayfield, absolute team killer. He's gone. Get rid of him. Because they're they're aiming for a number one pick. They might get a number one pick because they're that bad. They're that bad. We got some other things we need to talk about here. You guys have to understand that special teams is crucial. The Saints lost because their kicker missed a 61-yarder. But he made a 60 but missed a 61-yarder where the Vikings kicker went 5-for-5. Won then the game. Last week we saw field position in the Green Bay-Tampa game. That won them the game. Again, this week, we've had multiple games that won on the field goal kickers. You got Baltimore neglected to go for the field goal because they thought scoring a touchdown was a better chance. Four minutes left in the game, didn't kick the field goal. If they would have kicked the field goal, possibly could have tied the game. Went into overtime. They didn't win it. Falcons-Browns game. Falcons won by three because of a field goal. There's a lot of these teams out there that... Their field goal, their special teams are winning them the game. It's not an overreaction to think that the majority of these games going forward are going to rely on these kickers. A lot of them have. Seahawks-Lions game did as well. Now I want to talk about that game. The Lions. Lions have the best offense in the NFL right now, scoring-wise. They get Jameson Williams back. Brown should be back. I think it's an overreaction to continue to think that the Lions are going to continue that. Their defense is playing like a bunch of pussycats, but their offense is a lion. Like I said, up and down football team. They're going to be tough to beat. They're not going to win a lot. The Jets. The Jets with the road win. Fantasy owners that got Brees Hall, you should be happy. His stock is going up. It's going to continue to go up. He's a rookie who just fucking balls. Guy's good. How about them Chargers? They won by 10. Come back. The only problem is, guys, that offensive line cannot continue to allow my man Herbert to get hit like that. just can't happen. can't happen like that. As for the Packers, overtime win against the Patriots, a lot of you are looking at that in the negative light. I think it's a positive thing for Green Bay. If you can win games like that, that you, you, you should blow out the team. And you win by three, but you somehow manage to grind it out and win. That's a team-building win. It's a team-building win. Because in, in, in overtime, they had a lot of passes. to Dobbs. They had Watson involved. They had Cobb involved. That's a team-builder win. So watch out for Green Bay going forward because I think Green Bay is about to start clicking and about to start causing a lot of problems for every team in the NFC, in the NFL. So watch out for them. Watch out for them. The Chiefs. The Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. You went into Tampa Bay after Tampa Bay just lost at home. And you score 41 points. This team didn't allow – they only allowed 44 points the entire year. You put up for 41 spot on them in Tampa Bay on Sunday night football. Patrick Mahomes is something different, man. This guy has has his moves. He's different. They're the best team in the AFC. They're the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. It's going to be Chiefs, Bills, again, in the AFC. Other than that, I don't see anybody else. We got a couple games on here next week that that are going to, are going to be crucial games. Let me click on this here right quick so I, I can talk to you guys. We got Eagles at Cardinals, crucial game. How good are the Eagles? I think it's the first test that they're going to have. We also have a big-time game in... Cowboys-Rams. Cooper Rush going to beat the Rams. Rams going to fall to 2-3. and three. I don't see it happening. Crucial game. We'll see what happens. And then we have Bengals-Ravens. The loser of that game goes 2-3. and three. This is going to be a crucial game going forward. Big week for them. Other than that, guys, I hope you enjoyed the NFL this week because next week we've got a lot, of, lot of more to talk about. So enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the rest of football season. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace out, y'all. I really believe there's none like it in the country. The passion runs so deep, man. So much history. pageantry. One not we closer to kickoff? That's the way we answer starts with culture. Uh, it's a mentality, it's a way of life, it's a DNA. We college football free agency transfer portal. This is madness. Georgia has an opportunity to repeat. You have to have toughness. This is the best effort to What's going on everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Stoop Life Podcast. Now today guys, today we got a couple podcasts coming at you, so be ready. If you're listening to us on video, be ready. We got three podcasts in a row, back to back to back coming to you. First one we're going to start with is just going to be me, by myself right here, so you're going to be hearing me talk. Now this podcast today is for all you gamblers out there, for all you football lovers out there, specifically saturday football college football which this year college football has been an absolutely insane year i thought last year was crazy with all the upsets but this year has been even crazier and i think it's interesting this year college football because they got an extra year with covid they allowed players to get a covid year essentially get that sixth year so you got a lot a lot of more veterans as you would say in in football this year, and on top of that, you got the NIL where players can get played paid. So we got the 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 playing field's more balanced out. There's a lot more teams that are better than they normally would be, and there's a lot of teams that are actually a lot worse than they usually are because they lost a lot of their recruits. But today, today we're gonna come with you guys with our picks. We're gonna give you guys some picks against the spread. I'm gonna give you guys some over unders. Now I've been away for two weeks. I haven't done picks. In three weeks, I believe, I don't even remember. Two weeks, two weeks it is. We're on week six. Last time I did my picks with you guys, I was week three. Now, week three, I went 10-8. and eight. I haven't had a losing record yet at all this year in any of the weeks. For the season, we're 39-22 and 22 overall. We're sitting at 101-70, life 10. That's this year and last year. I'm going dive in even more this year. We're 30 and 16 against the spread. Picking our over-unders were 12 and 9. We lost all most of our games last week were over and under that we lost week three. They were pretty bad. Which, if you guys remember week three, that was when we had six top ten teams lose. So bear with me here. The locks, my locks so far this year, are 11 and 6. So I got four locks with you here. If you follow me more on actual stoop life, I'm gonna post more on Saturday because. I think I got a couple more games on my picks here that I'm going to make locks. I just can't really figure out which ones I want to make them. So as of now, I got four of them, but I got a lot of plays that I actually like here. So we're going to start off with you guys with our first lock of the week. We're going to start off with two Friday night games. Our first game we're going to be talking about is Houston at Memphis on Friday. I like this game going over the score of 56 and a half. Now the reason I like this game is simply because Houston cannot stop anybody. They're giving up about 34 points per game. Memphis, on the other hand, is giving up about 27. Houston so far this year has been in three overtime games. Two of them going two and three overtimes. Memphis likes to score. They like to play downhill ball. So I think this game is easily going to go over the 56 and a half. It actually started at 55 and a half. I believe right now it's actually at 57. So, get that in now because that's a lock. Clearly going to go over 56.5. You guys got locked that game in. Both teams over 400 yards a, a, a game allowed. Allowed. So, it's going to be a high flying, high scoring game. Start your betting off right. Friday, Memphis versus Houston over. 56 and a half. Now we're gonna hit you guys with another over under here. We're gonna go another unranked team. We're doing UNLB at San Jose State Friday at 1030. The reason I like this is again I, I like betting overs. And I like betting overs when both teams throw the ball a lot. Both teams are average over 400 yards a game on the offensive side. Both teams allow. About 25 points per game. Last time these guys played, they both scored a lot. UNLV's 4-1 against the spread. San Jose's 3-1 against the spread. In those eight games, six of them for both of the sides have went over. So they're both 6-2 on the over if you combine them. That's pretty good odds for me. So I'm going to take both games on Friday night going over. Now UNLV, San Jose State, is over 52 and a half. So lock that one in because that's going to be a lock. So you're going to be watching Friday Night Football and you're going to be watching two high-flying offensive teams, both games going over. Lock them in. First two games. Now we're going to hit you guys with some Saturday games. We've got a couple 12 o'clock games, which if you follow me, I'm actually really good at 12 o'clock games. 12 o'clock games are the bread and butter. They're usually the games that the good teams really don't lose these games. They don't usually put in the hard games in here. You just got to kind of look at what the eye test has set to you so far in the year to pick them. So far this year, I don't have a record, but most of our wins that come in this time frame. So the first pick we're going to do, we're taking number eight Tennessee, minus three at number 25 LSU. The reason I'm taking Tennessee is because they're quarterback. Hendon Hooker is a stud. The dude's going to be on the one of the candidates For the Heisman. Anytime you got a good player like that going on the field against the LSU team, which I think is overrated, who's 3-2 against the spread this year, I feel like you got to go with the better team, the better player. Tennessee's averaging 560 yards per game. And they played some teams. They played Florida. They played Arkansas. They played Pittsburgh. And they beat them all. They beat them all. Now, LSU hasn't really beat anybody. They lost to Florida State, and then they won four in a row. They beat Auburn. But Auburn's, they're okay. They're all right. If you watch that game, Auburn should have won that game. They gave that game away. So, LSU, in my opinion, isn't that good. Now, I'm taking Tennessee. I'm taking one of the Heisman candidates here. I'm taking Hendon Hooker, Tennessee, minus three. Put that game in. Another game I like here at 12 o'clock. A lot of people have to keep their eye on this team. I don't know if they're going to win the game. I'm not going to say they're going to win the game. But if you want to put some money on it, why not? We got number 19 Kansas getting 7.5 points at home versus number 17 TCU. Both teams look good this year. Almost identical on both ends of the ball. Both over 40 points per game scored, under 25 points per game allowed. Now, TCU, the reason I'm taking this game with the points is because TCU just absolutely annihilated number 18 Oklahoma last week. They beat them by 30. Kansas beat the Iowa State team in a tough fought 14-11 to 11 game. They have beat Duke, they beat Houston, they beat West Virginia on the road. First time in program history, Kansas 5-0. But the hard part about this game, guys, is they're both undefeated against the spread. Kansas is 5-0. and TCU is 4-0. and But Kansas at home, plus 7.5, I like it. I'm riding a hot horse here. If you guys do want to play it, Kansas is the underdog at plus 205. But get this line in now because it's falling. It was at 8. Now it's 7.5. It's probably at 7 now as I'm talking. So take Kansas, plus 7.5. Another 12 o'clock game I like, a team that started off hot, a lot of people had high hopes for them, the Florida Gators. Florida Gators are at home. Now, if you know anything about the Florida Gators at home, they're very tough to beat at home. That's why we're taking them. They're going up against Missouri, who last week gave the number one team in the country, Georgia, a run for their money. They lost 26-22 against them. They're coming off two straight losses in tough fashion. They lost in overtime to Auburn. They lost to Georgia Tech, Georgia on the last play. Florida has only lost to ranked teams. They lost by 10 to UK, and they lost by 5 to Tennessee. Other than that, they've handled business. They've won. They had tough tests against one team. Florida at home is a different breed. You can't look at the stats for Florida unless you look at their home stats because they're not the same team. So we're taking Florida to to come back at home as they always do. They cover at home always. Minus 10.5 to cover against Missouri, a team who is coming off a very emotional loss. And frankly, they're going to lose again. They're gonna get blown out, in my opinion. They're not gonna to go to Florida because every time they go to Florida, they get their ass whooped. This is gonna be another line. I'm telling you, take it now as I'm speaking it because it's probably gonna go up to 11 and a half or 12. Lock it in. Speaking of Oklahoma, we're gonna have a lot, another lock of the week right here. Oklahoma at home versus Texas. Now, guys, this line's crazy. Oklahoma is coming off back-to-back losses. They lost to TCU. They got crushed. They lost to Kansas State. They lost by a touchdown. But at home against Texas, they're getting 10 points. Now, this line when I started was at 7. It's at plus 10. It's going the opposite way. So you might want to wait for this line. The reason I'm saying this, not because I'm confident Oklahoma is a great football team, but every single time Oklahoma and Texas play – Oklahoma fucking wins. Every time. Last six years, Oklahoma has won. Dating back last 10, they've won eight of them. Eight out of last 10, they won. Five out of last six, they've won. They've won four straight. Now, my lock of the week is not in the line. My lock of the week is for this game to go over. I guarantee this game is going to go over 65 and a half. Lock that game in is over. I'm also taking, but not as a lock, guys, I'm taking Texas with the po- or Oklahoma with the points plus nine and a half now. Lock that one in. I even feel comfortable taking Oklahoma plus 260, but I'm not going to go that far. I think Texas might actually squeak a win out here in another thriller of a game because you guys remember last year it was like 63 to 56, triple overtime or some shit like that. It was a crazy year. That's actually when Caleb Williams came in, took over for Spencer Rattler, and had that phenomenal second half. Four overtime game. So, Oklahoma plus seven, and the lock is Oklahoma-Texas over 65.5. It's going to be a great game to watch. The Red River rivalry, always a fun game to watch. So, tune in for that game. We're going to keep the theme here. We're going to hit you guys with another unranked team. I actually like this team a lot. They're 4-1 and one right now. 4-1 and one against the spread. We're talking about Maryland Terps. At home, minus three against Purdue. A Purdue team who a lot of people thought was going to be a good good team. They're not looking that good. Anytime they play against a quality opponent, except last week, they lose. Minnesota, they beat 20-10 last week, who was ranked. But the other two teams that they played, they lost by three and four. Syracuse and Penn State. That's why this line's at three. Maryland however they just beat Michigan State by 14. They had a great game against Michigan where they almost came back. They got a great offense, pretty decent defense, and they got a Tagovelo back there. Guy knows how to play. He's probably going to get drafted. Maybe he'll take over for his brother in Miami. I don't know. Probably not. But anyway, we're taking Maryland minus 3 at home first Purdue. Put that one in. Now we're going to hit you guys to the wishing hour, the 3 o'clock hour, which is the tough hour, tough hour of college football. If you guys are gamblers and you gamble and you know, you know that this 3 this o'clock hour is pretty hard. But we've got a couple good games we've got to talk about here. First game I want to talk about is a great, great game. we got number 11 Utah at number 18 UCLA. Utah's 4-1. and They've killed everybody since that loss to Florida. UCLA's 5-0, and 5-0. Now, one thing I want to point out about this game is it's huge for the Pac-12. Huge. Pac-12 needs UCLA to win, to be honest with you guys. They're undefeated. The only way they might get in is to undefeated team unless Utah handles business firmly and moves forward. I think UCLA is actually pretty good. They were one of my sleeper teams for the year. However, I think Utah is a lot better than people think. 42 to 16, 34 to 13, 35 to 7, 73 to 7. That's their score since Florida. They've killed people. They've killed people. Looks like they're on a mission. 4 and 1 against the spread, 4-0 since the loss where UCLA is at 3 and 2. For this game, I love this game to go over 65 and a half. I love it. But you might want to wait a little bit because a lot of people are probably going to be weird this game. It's probably going to drop. But I got the over in this game. And I'm taking Utah. Minus two and a half. Take this game now because it's also going to go up. Because people are going to see what I'm seeing. Utah has blown everybody out since that first loss. And they have to do so to get in. People want to see Utah in because they're a better team, more well known, than Chip Kelly and UCLA. For now. For now. So I'm taking Utah Minus two and a half, and I'm taking the over. So lock that game in. The next game I have here is number two Georgia at home versus Auburn. Georgia hasn't looked that good the last two weeks. They really haven't. They haven't really covered a lot. I actually don't believe they've covered either spread the last two games. Let me double check that. I don't think they have here. We got it right here. Yeah, they have not covered the spread. They're two and three against the spread. Two and three. Barely got by Mizzou. Didn't really look that good against Kent. But before that, they killed teams. Auburn, like I said, has had two tough losses in a row. Got blown out by Penn State. However, they haven't lost by 30 points in two years. They're getting 30 points in this game. So I'm going to take the 30 points in this game simply because Georgia hasn't looked that great so far in the last couple of weeks. It's because the quarterback's not that great. They got hyped up. They threw him on ESPN, Bennett, and he's not that great. So I'm going to continue that trend and take against Georgia here. I'm getting the 30 points. I'm going to lay it down on Auburn. I'm going to put that game in. We're going to stay with the ranked teams. We're going to stay with the SEC. We're going to go with one of my favorite teams in college football this year, last year, a couple years going forward. We're going to go with Ole Miss, Mississippi. We got number nine Mississippi at Vanderbilt. Mississippi minus 18. I feel like it might be a lock. Honestly, it's one of them games that might be a lock. The only reason I didn't put it as a lock is because Ole Miss is 2-3 and three against the spread this year. But so is Vanderbilt. They've had some tough opponents here. But one thing about Mississippi, they don't give up no points. The thing about Vanderbilt is they give up a lot of points. So I feel like this might be a lock of the week. Ole Miss, minus 18. They only give up 11.8 points per game, whereas Vanderbilt gives up 34. So I'm taking this game, Ole Miss, minus 18, lock that game in. That's at 4 o'clock for you guys as well, 4 o'clock for that game. We're going to go to the night games. I love the night games. Night games are like 12 o'clock games. They win you money. (laughs) They really do. We're going to start off with the first night game on my slate here. We got number 13, Kentucky, versus South Carolina. Now, Kentucky, they've actually looked really damn good this year. They have. South Carolina, I can smell them from here. Spencer Rattler, I don't know what happened to him. He's not good. He fell off. Maybe he should have came out the draft a year earlier. If he could, I don't know. but Horrible. Horrible. The only reason this line is so high, is so low is because Kentucky just lost last week to Mississippi by three. South Carolina won by 40 to South Carolina State. Whoop-dee-doo. I'm taking Kentucky as a lock in this pick. I don't care if Levis plays or not, even if he plays. If he plays, lock it in now. If he doesn't play, lock it in anyway. Minus Plus six, minus 6.5, Kentucky, their defense is going to hold them down. Spencer Rattler, four touchdowns, seven picks. You shouldn't have went to the SEC, buddy. One reason why Spencer Rattler left is because he couldn't take pressure from the defenses. He kept throwing picks. What are you going to do against the SEC defense? You're going to throw picks. So I'm taking Kentucky minus 10.5, minus 6.5. It's going to go either way. Lock that game in. Next one, we have number 15, Wake Forest versus Army. A lot of people don't like take Army because it's the military team. They think they're always good, but they're really not. They're not good. They're not really good at all. So we're going to take for this game. We got number 15, Wake Forest, minus 17. I feel very comfortable in that game. Very comfortable. The reason I feel comfortable is because Wake Forest's quarterback is a beast. Hartman's a beast. He's making a name for himself to be one of the Heisman people as well. 15 touchdowns, two interceptions, and he missed the first two games. 45 points per game with him. They put up 45 on Clemson and lost. That's it. That's that's their only loss. A 45-point double overtime loss to Clemson. If it wasn't for them, they'd be in the top five. If they win that game, they're in the top five. For them to only be given this crappy team 17 is asinine. So, lock Wake Forest minus 17. Lock that game in. Next up, one of my favorite teams to bet so far this year. I'm going to roll them until the horse falls off. We're talking about Illinois. We got Illinois at home versus Iowa. Now, Illinois right now, 4-1. and 4-1 and one against the spread. Iowa, 3-2, 2-3 and two, two and against the spread. Low-scoring game here. But the thing is, Illinois don't give up points either. They don't. And you already got a team from Iowa who can't score the fucking football. So it's going to be a close game. That's why we're going to stick to our guns here. We're going to take Illinois minus three and a half to cover this game, to win us another bet, to lock it in. Next up, we got number six USC versus Washington State. I almost took the money line, the, the line here for USC because, like I said earlier in my podcast, anytime USC's playing, bet them until they lose. But for some reason, I was a little weird off of it because Washington State has seemed to be playing pretty good ball. They put up 41 on Oregon. They lost that game, but they put up 41. So we're going to stay away from that line here. I think they cover the spread here, honestly. Plus 12 and a half, I think they cover. But we're going to take the over in this game. Over 65 and a half. Simply because USC scores about 45 points a game. And Washington State scores about 30. So we're going to take the over 65 and a half in this game. Next up, we're going to stick with this conference. We've got a lot of games in this conference. I feel like they've got a lot of good games this week for this conference. We're going to go to 9 o'clock games. We've got double game here for you. Double lock. We got number 12, Oregon, at Arizona. Somehow Arizona's 3-2. and two. They're kind of like Kansas. They sucked the last 10 years, but they're having a good year this year. I don't know. Oregon's a lot like Utah. They got to win. Since they lost to Georgia, 70, 41, 44, 45. That's the points they've scored. That's the points they scored. Their defense hasn't been that great, but they're going up against Arizona a team that they haven't played anybody yet and I don't think they're going to score on Oregon's defense here so we're going to take number 12 Oregon minus 12 and we're going to take under 70. this game's 70. I don't think a game I bet on yet has went over 70. I hate taking the unders, but 70 for a team that represents Arizona, I'm going to go under. So we got our lock there. Number 12, Oregon, minus 13, under 70. So those are my plays for the week. Re-listen to it if you need to hear them. Follow us on social media if you want to see them. I'm going to post it later. It'll be on at The Stoop Life on Instagram or The Stoop Life on Facebook, Follow us there. All of our 18 picks will be there. And I'll catch y'all later. Peace out.